Hey, Phil. Hey, Santa. You want to talk about different types of one shots? You mean like modifier and backstory no. and campaign no, no. and, no, 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 no. and talking? No, no, no. And welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I am your healthy host, Phil. And I am your con-crud host, Senda. <laughs> so tonight's topic is from Mumfrey999 on Twitter, who asked, Do you design a one-shot for a con versus a one-shot with your regular gaming group differently? The answer is absolutely. Uh-huh. But we suspect... You want a bit more with that answer, so let's flip the question around a little and change it to something like this. What are the differences when you design a one-shot for a convention versus when you design it for your home group? And in order for us to unpack this, we're going to need to define a few things so that everything is clear, as usual. So Definition Panda, if you just want to like fall off that chair and define a few terms... I feel like with listeners of this show, uh, I don't really need to define this, but here we go. Just in case. Uh, the simplest definition of a one-shot is a plot that will be played out at the table with no expectations of a follow-up. Notice I didn't say in one session. No, um, you did not. <laughs> because a one-shot technically doesn't have to be one session, though... Most of us actually um, equate that to being one session. And when we talk about yeah. campaign, when we talk about conventions, that's actually more true. It's yes. less true when we talk about home games. But anyway, so our one shot has a start, a middle, and an ending. Mm -hmm. And it follows Free Tag's Pyramid with exposition. It can. I shouldn't say it has to. It can right. follow Free Tag's Pyramid with exposition, rising action, climax, falling action, and denouement. And you can, of course, check out our whole episode on Denouement for more information about Free Tax Pyramid, as well as the cuddling of gaming Denouement. Convention play is a type of play where a game is going to be played at a publicly organized event. And it's characterized by a few things. Right. So it's a place where you would expect to find strict time limits, usually two to four hours, four hours being the standard that people default to. It's going to be held in a public or semi-public location, and your players are going to be whoever signs up. Random players. Yeah, it You could might be. know them, you might not, you don't exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. Home groups are quite the opposite. It's a style of play that's going to be organized and run by the actual group of players that are partaking in it. And right. it's characterized by a few things. Right, so now you have things like more flexible time limits, a few hours, a whole weekend, you know, how long is this game going to go? Or, gosh, this got more entertaining than I expected. Can you guys hang out for an extra half hour? Right, you have that kind of flexibility. Mm -hmm. It's most often held in a private or semi-private location, frequently someone's house. And you going in are going to have some degree of familiarity with the players, at least most of them, right? Unless someone's bringing someone you haven't met before. But, right. you know, usually they're at least acquaintances and then, you know, they might be your best buds. Exactly. I hope so, they're your best buds. It's yeah. fun to play with your best buds. Absolutely. So returning to our question, uh, since there are differences between conventions and home groups, we can infer that there are actually differences in how you design your one shots for both of those. And... When we have two points of view, 
we are ready to spring into action. So begin our transformation sequence. <laughs> bonk, bonk. As the queen of convention one-shots, I will talk about designing your one-shots for convention play. And as the guy who had the same same gaming group for over 20 years, I'll talk about designing your one-shots for your home group. Right. So with convention games, the most important design consideration is actually that we can't really make any assumptions, right? So the only thing we actually have control over is the duration of the game because we're setting it up for two or four hours or whatever that slot is. We're saying it's going to be this long. Yeah, and actually, when it comes to that, we actually have to be really accurate. We can't be like roughly four hours. We can, you can be early, you right. just can't be late. You can't be late. Uh, yeah. and, and so we've talked about this before. You actually, whatever slot you pick, you actually have actually less than that time to get yes. set up and get everyone out from the table, etc. Yep. The next thing is that you won't know what the space or location is of where you're actually running this game, probably until you show up to it. Um, so, you know, for conventions, you usually get like, you know, table one, union A or whatever it is, right? And so I don't know what table one, union A looks like till I walk into that room at the convention. We don't know who's going to sit down and play in this game. Some conventions, you'll you can see who's signed up for your games, but most of them you can't. And even if you can see who's signed up for your game, that doesn't necessarily tell you anything because there's lots of people going to conventions and the chances that you actually know all those people are like slim to none, right? So you have to make a design that's going to work for anyone who sits down at your table, right? So our goal is always to provide an enjoyable experience, not knowing who that's going to be or anything about them, right? Yep. So we're looking basically for two things. We're looking for universality and simplicity. Yeah. So let's look at three important parts for this one shot, right? So um, the first one is the rules. Um, And in many conventions, we can kind of set a level of how familiar someone needs to be with the rules of a game. So you can you can say, you know, rules taught or like, no, you have to be an expert or something like a lot of places you can set that parameter. Mm -hmm. But even if you do, like, you still need to be prepared that people are going to show up not knowing how to play the game. Like, your table might be down a few players. Somebody shows up with a couple generics, and it's like, well, I'm interested, but, like, never really played the game before. Can I get in? And you wind up taking them because you want to, like, fill out your table. Right. Um, And, I mean, so me personally, I just tend to pick games that are less crunchy because they're usually easier to teach to new players, or at least the parts that they need to know for this little two- or four-hour chunk are like, okay, you're going to need two D6s, and when I tell you to roll them, you're going to roll them. Woohoo! Yeah, I mean, that's I mean that's one of my reasons I love to go, like I use uh, Powered by the Apocalypse as a go-to. It's like, all right, listen, we're going to have a conversation, and at some point during the conversation, I'm going to tell you pick up some dice and roll them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, I actually... So, and this is just for me, right? Like, I prefer to run convention games where I can say rules are taught at the table, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like so, there's a variety of words that I could use. They're all pretty negative, and it's not necessarily (laughs) negative if you, like, run games where you expect people to come in with a certain amount of knowledge. And it makes sense for crunchy systems to be able to limit it. 
But if I put that down for something like Powered by the Apocalypse, and I'm like, you know, you must be an expert in these rules, then it's like super pretentious, right? Yeah, like, of but... Of course I'm going to teach you how to play this game. I want you at my table. I want to play with you. Right, but if you're running something like Hero System... Sure, that's like, different. You might yeah. want to say, like, no, you actually have to know how to use this system. Like, we can't cover <laughs> the ins and outs of playing Hero in this four-hour right, slot. not enough time. Absolutely. Right? And, and that's ex- exactly it, right? But wanting to be able to introduce people to new games also influences me playing less crunchy games, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, because I want to make that happen for folks, and it's fun. Anyway, so the next thing we can talk about after the rules is the plot, and we have talked about this one a lot, especially, I think, most recently in our bait-and-switch episode, because the thing I'm going to say here you've heard me say before, which is keep it simple. Yep, your plot does not have to be complex for a convention one-shot. In fact, we uh, just at Origins coined a uh, great little uh, phrase. Your plot for your one-shot should basically be along the lines of save a thing, kill a thing, get a thing. Just pick one. Just one of those, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Check it off the list. So, because you need to make sure that all the players are able to grasp the plot in the first few minutes of play so that they can just take off and get going And actually start the story, because you're constantly... The difficult part about convention games is generally the pacing, so immediately you have to be able to get on the plot so that you can maintain that pace and have some control over your pacing, right? Okay, so the last thing we're going to talk about um, in regards to convention one-shots is characters. So you can go a couple of different routes with this, and we've talked about these before, too. Um, My preference is the first one, which is to make them at the table. Um, which only works if you are running a game that, you know, does this fast enough to make that happen. So you want to pick a system where your character creation is going to take you less than 30 minutes of your time, right? So that would be like Powered by the Apocalypse, that might be Fate, DCC, apparently. I haven't played it myself, but I'm going to take your word for it, Phil. Lasers and Feelings, you know, those kinds of games where you can construct the character that you're playing very quickly. For making them at the table, you're going to want to avoid deep systems with complex character gen. So when we start talking about, like, um, Pathfinder, especially at high levels, I mean, I still think you could take a good hour or two making a normal low-level Pathfinder character. Burning Wheel, like, you know, you're just Burning not Wheel's be like a to- career. Like that's yeah. like a palladium yeah. would be another one. Palladium would be a game you could take four right. hours just to make palladium characters. Right. You you're not going to get any time to play the actual game. So it, making them at the table is not going to work well for that level of um, character creation crunch. So the other thing you can do is pregens, um, mm-hmm. and pregens are great because you actually can put some extra time into them. Um, and have them ready at the table so that when people arrive, you can put them out and have people select them. Um, good pregens, and we could do a whole episode. Oh, man. And maybe we I should think, do a whole I episode think, on no, no. pregens. We, I think we have done a whole episode on Jeez, pregens. Jeez, every time I have a good idea, it seems <laughs> we've already done an episode. Anyway, um, good pregens <laughs> have uh, some, um, some of the following traits. Um, they have unique niches. So there's, you know... There's the two-weapon fighter and the, you know, the person who uses pistols and the person who has magic and stuff like that. And they don't overlap well so that each player gets kind of a unique experience in the game. Uh, the pregens are relevant to the adventure. So this is a pitfall where sometimes people go and grab pregens off the, off the internet and right. throw it into their adventure. And, and they yeah. don't, like, there's no use for this one particular character Right. But 
you just downloaded them with the packet and now somebody picked them and that character can't actually do anything in the game. It's really right. bad. Like, like there's no magic allowed, but you still threw the wizard down on the table. Yeah. Well, don't say no magic. Like instead of no magic allowed, like the world has like some weird restraints about like, it's really difficult to cast magic or something like your adventure. Like you're in some place and like, there's a dispel yeah. magic over the whole thing, Exi- but you still yeah. put a wizard in the party. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, because you downloaded it from a packet. Now somebody's stuck playing this character, and they're having a, and they're having a sucky time. No one wants yeah. that. So no one wants that. Make sure your pregens are relevant to the adventure. Put helpful info on the character sheet. Like if you are making the character sheet, add some like highlight like where armor class and hit points are, or highlight where the bonuses are. Like use a bigger font or a bold font. Like things that, especially if you're teaching players the games that you're running that uh, make it easy for them to find things. Like I, can't, oh, I don't have a link for it anymore, but there was a great uh, fate character sheet that somebody once made that basically had like a mini set of instructions on the sheet. Like you could just look at the character sheet and kind of like learn the game simultaneously. It was really good. That is really good. It's out there somewhere folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly have relationships and linkages between the characters. Um, if you're going to take the time to craft these pregens, you might as well take the time to craft some relationships between them. It'll make for more interesting um, dynamics at the table. If, you know, somebody is somebody, you know, like if two characters are brother and sister or these characters are um, married. And again, with things like married and relationships, um, with romantic relationships, I'm always a little wary because romantic relationships really require a level of consent. Yeah. But siblings are easy. Uh, mentor yep. student is a good one. Um, those kinds of things. Things where you don't have romance, you don't really have to push so hard on consent. Um, right. If you have romance, it is fine. And I think we have talked about this a couple of times, too. Like, it's fine to put down characters with romance at your table, but get consent before you actually play into it. Right. Because you can say, hey, did you guys notice this thing on your character sheet? Are you comfortable with that? If you're not comfortable with it, we can eliminate it um, if you're good with it. Well, and the good thing is that um, aside from family connections, when you have other types of connections, you can add romance on top of it. So you can have student mentor. Right. And then also romance. And then have romance on top of that. So mm-hmm. you actually like you can even avoid putting roman- romantic ones in and, and just leave that option open right. when you actually put the player like the characters out and be like, oh, you know, there can also be some romantic relationships as well. I mean, it's my favorite, but, you know. Yeah, no, I know I'm that not everybody is that comfortable well, with that at the table. It's definitely <laughs> the um, it's definitely a consent thing, right? Some people aren't comfortable with it, and then somebody really wants that character, but it's romantically linked. And really, the one that really scares me is that um, somebody who's kind of introverted wants this particular character, like the ninja, but it's romantically linked to somebody else that might be making them uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. You don't. And want now to you've force chained those. Anyone. Right. Now yeah, you've chained, chained those two those people two together. Together. Mm-hmm. Where, whereas, if you made them siblings, they could just be siblings that don't talk to each other. Right. It's right? easier for them to define what siblings means in that relationship. Yeah. So I really, like I said, if if I'm playing with total strangers, I try very hard not to put romantic relationships in. Although I like to have the option. Right. Like. Yeah. Like, I like it as an option. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. 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 All right. Onward. Onward and upward. So as for actually running our one shot, we're looking we're looking at creating a specific experience with this game. So we want to highlight 
the best parts of whatever this game is. Right. right? So, like, what are the fun bits? Right. So if your game is about fighting alien bugs, uh, get into bug fights early and often. Indeed. And, you know, try and keep things like the rules simple enough that you can just play through them and make sure that you have time and you're not spending too much time on mechanical latency. Yeah, like in with with more complex games, sometimes this may even mean uh, dropping or streamlining a few rules in favor of keeping the game moving. And you can do that without, you know, ruining the game by simply stating like, hey, you know, normally if we were playing this uh, at a table, you know, we would do X, Y, and Z. But, you know, for tonight, uh, we're just going to use the shortcut, which is X. It'll just make things go faster. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of your one shot, it's actually... So the thing is, when you finish your one shot, it's actually more important that everyone leaves the table having had a good time than that they learned the rules and appreciated the nuances of your masterfully created 50-page setting, all of that kind of stuff, right? The key thing is really, did everybody have a good time? Awesome. Mission accomplished, right? Uh, so, Phil, now that we've explored the convention one-shot, what would you do differently for your home group? Yeah. So, when we run for home groups, uh, we don't have the same constraints that we do for conventions. Um, where the convention one shot was about uh, universality and simplicity, the home group is about customization and specificity. Yeah, so because you can design your one shot specifically for your group to give them the best experience that you can. Yeah, so I'm going to know my players, so yeah. I know their likes and their dislikes. I have way more flexibility in terms of time than a convention right. game. Right, so you can say... Hey, guys, this is taking a little longer than expected. Can you hang out for an extra hour or 20 minutes or whatever that is? Or, um, or hey, guys, um, I'm going to wrap this up, but I really want to finish up this game. And it's like it's it's nice that it's like expanding into this space and having time to breathe. Would you mind setting up another weekend and we'll finish it? Right. Absolutely. Um, I can also prep things in advance. Yeah, I can give them the rules or the pregen before the session and say, you need to learn this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or pick your character, whatever it is. Uh, I can also tailor the adventure to give my players exactly what they like. Yeah, so if my players are super into combat, then I can just make sure that the one shot is super combat heavy. Or if you're running it for me, you can make sure that there are magical girls or romance. <laughs> Yeah, and if I'm running it for Pandas. James D'Amato, like kissing. Right. Like lots kissing. of kissing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, there's still guns and stuff, but kissing. But kissing. Yeah. yeah. They're, All right. they're, they're not mutually exclusive. No, no, not the least. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in terms of rules with my home group, I'm not bound to keep mechanics simple. Uh, I can pick systems that are more complex because uh, we can be more liberal with time to address system mastery, right? Mm -hmm. We have that time. We can actually slow down and actually learn the rules. And when it comes to plot, we can have so we can we can't have comp, we can't have plots that are as complex as campaigns, right? Because campaigns are multi-session and arcs and things like that. But uh, since I'm not running on the on such a super tight schedule, and I do know the people I'm playing with, um, I can make a more complex plot because I can slow the game down a little and make sure that we can you know get through like I can convey the plot to them. Right, which is totally, like, one of the biggest, most key differences between running at home 
and running at a convention um, is that at a convention, you are constantly under the pressure in always some kind of pressure and or rush to complete on time because you do not have any time flexibility. Exactly. All right. So when it comes to characters, uh, it's really not that different than what we talked about um, for one shots, right? I can I can do pre-gens for the game. And if I do, that means I can kind of start the game earlier because I can just, I can actually send the pre-gens ahead of time and be like, you know, go ahead, everybody look at these pre-gens, pick the ones you want. And when you come to the table, like I'll have them printed out, you can just pick up your character. Um, but I, if I want to make characters with the group, I can actually dedicate a whole session to just making characters and then doing the one shot after that. Right, which would work really well for something like uh, Headspace, right? Like, being able to dedicate an evening to making the characters, because it's an awesome game to make characters in, but then still having fun, like, playing a, a whole one-shot out at in a second session, right? So, like, in a convention... We usually spend a lot of time doing headspace characters, which is a worthy thing because it's very fun to do, but it usually takes, I mean, it's a minimum of like an hour to an hour and a half to build characters, right? And then you get to play for, you know, an hour and a half. So that's that's the kind of game where if you split it into two sessions and you said, we're going to make one session characters and then one session play, that would be great. Absolutely. While we keep talking about making things more complex, in reality, you should only make one of those three things, rules, plots, or characters, more complex, because you're really in the realm of a one-shot and not turning this thing to an arc. So if you want to play with crunchier rules, keep your plot fairly simple. And if you're playing with really simple rules, like don't hesitate to make the plot a little, a little more crunchy. It's okay. But don't, do, like, don't go crazy and do all of them. Right. Um, and then finally, the thing about one-shots is that um, when you're playing with your home group, uh, they might want to flip this game from a one-shot into a campaign. Yeah, and and that's where it gets interesting, right? Because everyone may have had such a wonderful time playing your one-shot that they want to keep playing it. In which case, you're talking about flipping one-shot to a campaign, and we actually talked about that back in episode 35. Good heavens, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Uh-huh. And when we start turning one-shots into campaigns and referencing old episodes, it must be time for us to conclude the show. And before we do that, Send is going to tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah, on the lounge, Doc finds the best, the brightest, the most fun game designers and sits down to have a cool chat with them. You never know what conversation is going to come up on the lounge. Excellent, excellent. Say, Senda, where can people reach us on the social medias? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community, or you can drop us an email if you prefer, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, or remember to write down that email address, what can they do with that information? Please send us your show topics. We love, absolutely love talking about the things that you want to hear about. Um, we almost never do our own topics. Uh, mm-hmm. We pull them from our our so awesome audience, uh, just like we did tonight. And uh, we'll continue to do that as long as you keep sending in your topics. We will talk about them. 
So uh, send them in. We'll talk about uh, the difference between one-shots and campaigns. We'll talk about different points of view. And if you pick one that's even kind of small and not, you know, able to carry a whole show, we'll throw it in the grab bag and uh, randomly pull them out from time to time and answer them in short order fashion. Say, Senda, what else can uh, people do with our social media? Well, you can send us your table selfies. It is con season, and we want to see what you are playing, or we want to see your home one-shots, right? So drop us a picture of you playing that awesome game with those awesome people. Hashtag it table selfie. Um, Our preference is Twitter because it's easier to find there, but if you drop it somewhere else, I will do my best to find it. We love to see what you guys are playing. We want to know if it's a convention game or if it's a home game and if you did anything differently for either of those. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. You can go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons get all sorts of good things like the bonus outtakes, if there are any from the show, yeah, but we'll other shows, absolutely. Um, the after show from the Misdirected Mark, the uh, that racy uh, half hour from 1030 yeah. to 11 on Tuesday Misdirected nights. Misdirected Mark after dark. After dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, other things that we create like parodies and games and crossword puzzles and the like. Um, and we also like to shout out to our patrons to tell them how much we love them for supporting uh, what we do. And tonight... Uh, We have three, and because you are not feeling well, I'll just do these myself. Scott Robinson, the Duke of Dice, thank you for your support. Stacey Winters, thank you for your support. Thanks, Uh, Stacey. And Jean Lobert, I I think is how I'm going to go ahead and pronounce that. I I think that it sounds so very French. Um, Jean Lobert, if I'm wrong, let us know. But uh, thank you for your support as well. Thanks, Jean. It could just be Lorber. It could be, but I like Lorbear. Anyway, say, Senda, um, besides supporting the Patreon campaign, which some people are already doing and some people can't do, which is perfectly fine, what's the other thing people can do that actually uh, supports the show in a big way? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Apple Podcasts happens to be where we check. So if you leave it somewhere else, please let us know. But basically, it makes us feel not only warm and fuzzy inside as if we are being hugged by a beautiful panda. It also actually helps new people find the show, which is pretty awesomely cool. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much to everyone who has. We super duper appreciate them. And they definitely um, make my day every time they happen. Yeah, they're great. Anyway, uh, so Phil, show me how you're setting up your Fate Accelerated one-shot for your home group. Oh, you mean... um, Long live the queen? Yeah, long live the queen. Yeah. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Show me what you got. Show me what you got. This is Phil. Waveform Phil. These are my waveforms. That was really good. It's good because are all I'm, I'm stuffy not, and I'm of the con crud. Yeah. You are you are Senda of the con crud. Senda. Senda queen of the phlegm. Okay. So Snot listen. Snot monster.
we're going to do short funnies before we get started on the show. Short funnies. Short funnies. Can can we can we talk about the greatest tweet of the day? Uh yeah. Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah. So you should so, just intro that. So let me just let me set it up first. So I'm 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 scrolling through t- Twitter and I find this thread. Um Zoe Quinn uh, is working with one of the co-creators of Spider-Gwen and um they're putting out a new uh they're putting out a new comic and I just, I'm going to get the name of it right. It's coming out in, um, it is coming out in December and it's called, uh, goddess mode. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to just read you. Let me just read. Right. So it's coming out in DC vertigo. It's called goddess mode. Uh, I'm just going to read you the, the little synopsis, right? In a near future, when all of humanity's needs are administered by a God, by a God like AI, it's one young woman's horrible job to do tech support on it. But when Cassandra finds herself violently drawn into a hidden and digital world beneath our own, she discovers a group of superpowered women and horrific monsters locked in a secret war for the cheat codes to reality. Wow. Right? Bloop. Zoe probably is Zoe's um, tweeting. Um, and she's uh, Unburnt Witch on Twitter. So at Unburnt yeah. Witch, which I love. Um, she puts out what I think is probably the greatest tweet that pandas talk games could ever encounter right like if if an ai compiled all of our outtakes and all of our episodes and was to assemble a string of words um and make based a single on a tweet out of it yeah. right this would be the tweet so um so he like completely stumbled onto this by accident right so it says I hope you enjoy my extremely gay comic about cyberpunk magical girls fighting enormous monsters and other things standing in the way of love and justice. Um, yeah. I mean, she only, <laughs> the only word that's not in here is panda, right? I know. Like, <laughs> like, like if somehow the word panda was in here, I would have sworn yeah. you wrote it and was just, and you were just trying to like troll yet, me, right? Yeah. Yet another Twitter account that I pretend that I don't control, that right. I really do control. Right. Like that. I mean, let's just break it down, right? So first of all, extremely gay comic bonus. Good. Right. <laughs> Cyberpunk magical girls. I, I don't even know what to like. That right. is literally Hello. just melding our two games together. Right. Right. <laughs> Fighting enormous monsters. Sure. And other things. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Standing yes. in the way of love and justice. Bloop. This tweet is... <laughs> I mean, I'm buying this comic when it comes out in December. Like, I'm well, I mean, like... yes. Like, I am, I am right to the comic book <laughs> store. I am physically getting a copy of this. Bloop. It's going to be awesome. And then we're going to make a game from it. Bloop. Okay. It's the sequence system. You can't call it sequence because that is right. actually a kid's game. But sequence yeah. system. Sequence system is yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. But I would be all up in this cyberpunk magical girls business. Like uh hells to the yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Good. I'm yeah, so um, you know, Twitter trolls be hatin', but pandas uh, pandas be loving that. Uh, <laughs> pandas be loving that. So <laughs> anyway, that's that's kind of our intro. <laughs> We're going to take it easy, and that is why we're going to take know, it easy on you, right? you're making me giggle, and it's making me cough. And that's why we're going to take it easy. So, friends, yeah, there may be some funny as we get into this, yeah. but we don't want Senda dying on the mics, so we're going to just, yeah. we're going to go to, we're going to get to work, um, we're going to talk about uh, our topic for tonight, and then um, we're going to get Senda, you know, uh, off to bed. If we can do it on time, you will get to bed a little early. 
yeah. and I may actually get some sleep. So sure, <laughs> there's like a bonus for everybody. <laughs> right. Good. It'll be great. Okay. Anyway. And besides that, I think people are still working through the whole milky cheese thing. Milky so. cheese. It's a lot to process. Milky it's, cheese is... Processed you know. milky cheese. Ooh. I want to uh, like wipe my tongue. <laughs> Disgusting. Like what if Velveeta what is, made is, cottage? What if Velveeta made oh cottage God. cheese? Why are we having this conversation? I mean, it basically be made like out of silicone and like just you right, know, like, just yellow food coloring. Actually, it would be made out of like um. Oh God, what's that? And um, salt. <laughs> What's it's sunny delight, right? Because that's not real. Like, uh, that's, like sunny delight. And, uh, uh, <laughs> wait, are you I don't suggesting think any, it's basically going to be like it's just chemicals, sloppy, soupy, lumpy tang? Is that where we are? Like, oh, tang. Oh my god, I can't believe you actually know tang. <laughs> of course, I know tang. That's what we always brought on camping trips. Oh, that would make sense. Sure. Yeah. Astronauts yeah. drank Tang. That's why. Like, I know. I was a that kid. was how they yeah. got me to drink it when I was a kid, too. Like, right. ooh, astronauts. <laughs> yeah. Bloop. All right. Mm-hmm. You want to do this? Meow. All right. Let's do Meow. Okay. Here we go. You start. Meow. Bloop. No, no. That's the One Shot Network. You'll know what to do with that. Fade that in a little bit earlier, like around campaign. Okay, good. Right, right. Because pandas are like adorable, man. Like pandas falling is like one of the most adorable things. Like they're just like blobs. They're just like they're like the ultimate drunk buddy, right? Like it doesn't even hurt them. They just like those like they're like half half mammal, half liquid. Yeah, like. That's yeah, but not in not in a graceful way. In no, way, no, there's nothing actually graceful about pandas graceful falling. About yeah, pandas falling at all. Yeah, it's 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 adorable, you, and you can if, watch it for hours. But there's right. nothing graceful. Yeah, Bloop. Um, and also there was something in there about rising big bad action, I believe. But <laughs> yes, everybody loves my rising big bad action. College um, nickname. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's my nickname in college, rising big bad action. Um. Lord Bear. I like Lord Bear. Gene, Lord Bear. There you go. That's even better. Sorry, Gene, you're getting (laughs) renamed. Gene, Lord Bear. In fact, you should just drop the Gene and just go with Lord Lord Bear. Bear. Yes. That's even better. Okay, good. Well, good on you. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Gene. (laughs) Yeah, starting to work on that right now. Nice. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. No, don't do that. You're all sick. Forty I'm a minutes. Soprano. Forty minutes raw audio. Full episode. We slayed it. We actually have five minutes to just chat with people. I know, which we should do because there's like no bloop. So anyway. I think that was Schmitty. Schmitty just did do you want me- drive by on my Twitter. Speaking mm-hmm. of, of specificity and customization, in one-shots, when you know who you're running for, like, oh, thanks, yeah. PK. Yeah, PK totally tricked out uh, <laughs> the characters. nailed it. La Panda. La Panda and the, the queen, a secretly trained magical space princess. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, please. There's something about knowing your audience, right? When uh-huh. You, uh... Uh-huh. So yeah, PK awesome. did a very good job of how to customize. Now, while we played that game at a convention, 
Yeah. That actually was, was written more like a home group. Yeah. Well, it was off books. It was off and he, books and we weren't he, using actual time yeah. slots. And yeah. So. Yeah. And he knew at least two of the people. Actually, I mean, he knew everybody he knew, who was playing. He knew playing. everybody was going to play. But um, yeah, I think he knew he, two to three he, of us were right, playing he, in advance. He pre-gened it as me, you, my cat, and Emily. Like, Correct. Rocketeers based off of all of us. That based off of amazing. your life, yes. Based off of my life. It was yep. amazing. And so, the guy who played my cat, it was amazing because he ended up murdering one of the big bads at the end right in front of my throne on the carpet while I was watching him. And then he was really proud of himself. And I was like, did you have to do it on the carpet? <laughs> like, that like, is exactly, just like your cat. it's like exactly my damn cat. <laughs> and with that, folks, we're going to say goodbye because if all goes well, you're going to bed in the next few minutes. Yeah, I hope so. By the way, last note. Yes, we have talked about character gen. You don't remember it because it was episode three. <laughs> Woof. Woof is right. Well, you know, we could do another episode on it because episode we three was probably again. only 15 minutes. Uh, I doubt it. I don't. Uh, 18 minutes and 21 seconds. Oh, I could do a whole episode on that now. All right. <laughs> In which case, we shall depart, and you yes. shall go get some sleep and feel better. I'm going to go to bed. Yes. Say goodnight. Bye. 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 <laughs>